there's a furniture company here in Minneapolis that once a year they do the, what they call the blue dot swap meet, where they basically like offer us something weird in exchange for a piece of our furniture. And so for me, I was like, I've been thinking about making a video game and I don't really know how to do that. But if they say yes, then I guess I'll have to figure it out, which is, which is kind of exactly what happened. <laughs> and that kind of snowballed and led one thing into another and, and ended up with a career change. Welcome to the Junior Jobs Podcast, where we interview recently hired junior developers to give you actionable job search advice relevant to today's job market. So are you struggling in your job search? Any questions you like answered in these interviews? Let me know in the comments below and I'll make sure to bring them up in future sessions. For today's interview, I'm talking with Curtis Kettler, who was a high school and college choir director before he got his first job in tech. And today's sponsor shout out is to David Roberts with Crushing Digital. David is a software developer with over 20 years of experience who has also run international recruitment teams. So he knows both sides of the hiring equation. And he's offering our listeners 30% off his new video series called Standing Out in Tech, which covers every aspect of the junior developer job search. So make sure to check out the link in the show notes and enter the code JUNIORJOBS30, one word, at checkout to get your discount. All right, Curtis, welcome to the show. Glad you could join us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So before we get into it, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, and how you got into coding? Yeah. So like you said, I was a choir director, musician for a lot of years, actually a little over 15 years, did that, had a whole career, and for a variety of reasons, decided it was time for a change. And I think one of the things for me was music was what I was always going to do, like even when I was a little kid. And so I didn't think I had any other skills as it were. And, and yeah, so finding like coding through coding bootcamp and realizing like, oh, in just like a few months I could get skills and be hireable. And I actually, I kind of stumbled into a little bit with, was thinking about like, it would be fun to make a video game. Like never done that before. That sounds fun. Like my brother and I were kind of talking, we had some ideas and, and <laughs> I know this is not how most people land in tech, but there's a furniture company here in Minneapolis that does a, once a year, they do the, what they call the blue dot swap meet, where they basically like offer us something weird in exchange for a piece of our furniture. And so for me, I was like, I've been thinking about making a video game. So maybe I'll offer, I'll make like Mario style platformer with the two founders of the company as the main characters. And I don't really know how to do that, but if they say yes, then I guess I'll have to figure it out, which is, which is kind of exactly what happened. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, now I've got to learn how to do this. And so I did, and, and kind of through that discovered like, oh, I, I, I think I could see myself doing this. I enjoy this, like, you know, and, you know, I'm not half bad at it and, you know, it's a potential here. So through that started looking into boot camps and coding programs and doing online tutorials and yeah, and that kind of snowballed and led one thing into another and, and ended up with a career change. So. Awesome. Yeah. The amazing thing about coding is that it just opens up so many opportunities, right? You talk mm -hmm. about video game development. Now you have a new skill. Mm -hmm. so yeah. I want to dive into that a little bit. You said in just a few months, you were mm -hmm. able to 
transition and do something that you didn't think you were able to do before. So how long was that journey from when you first started to code to finish your boot camp and then finishing your boot camp to get your first job in tech? Yeah. So the first, I first started working on that, that little game. And then I ended up applying and attending Prime Digital Academy, which is, is based here in Minneapolis. And their, their program is about four months long. So I was, I was teaching. So I, I quit my teaching job at the end of the school year, started in July. And that boot camp was full-time for, for a few months. So finished that up and graduated at the beginning of October. And then was hired and started my, my current position the following January. So from, from leaving my teaching job and, and really like full-time studying to starting at my, my new job, it was actually just about six months. So, Very nice. So. Yeah. That's actually, that's really good. I would say the average for the new developers that I talked to right now in the current job market, it can take six to nine months, maybe mm. of just the job mm-hmm. search specifically, mm-hmm. which is why I like your example here of you didn't wait for permission to essentially become a software engineer. You built this video game for this local company, which essentially becomes a little portfolio project. And you essentially got paid for it via furniture. Did they accept it? I don't know if we got an answer there, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, Yeah, I have a a lovely credenza at home now. (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, just that alone means you are technically a professional software engineer, right? You receive payment Mm -hmm. for the services you provided. That's a great example. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that job search period specifically. So what actually worked? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mindset, where where I'm currently working, actually one of the companies that I interviewed with while still at Prime as a student, Prime does a good job of of bringing people in to to interview and have career day and that sort of stuff. So that was where I first got connected with Mindset. Otherwise... It was, I had a a few other sort of potential opportunities kind of in the works and, and almost all of them came from working my own personal network. So if there's, if there's one like piece of advice that I give to, to anybody like job searching in the development world, it's, it's that is to who, who do you know in person that you have already have a relationship with that you can talk to, even if it's just to get ideas. Because I did, I mean, I did probably 100 plus applications on LinkedIn and on a couple other websites and got one one phone interview from that. And that was it. <laughs> yeah, that's um, common. Yeah, you know. And it wasn't until I really focused on starting to work the personal network and, and being like, oh, okay, can, I, can we grab coffee and talk about this? That things started really happening and, and people started talking about, oh, well, wait, actually, I know somebody who is looking for a developer or I am looking for a developer. So, so you know, mindset where I, where I currently am kind of happened through the boot camp. Mm-hmm. But if that hadn't happened, I had three or four other kind of opportunities in the works because of that personal networking, just using the people that I already knew. And it would just really surprise me how many people I knew that one either didn't realize worked in tech or knew somebody who worked in tech. I mean, my next door neighbor, I told him I was going to a coding bootcamp. He was like, oh, I, I own a, 
you know, software company, come talk to me when you're done, you know, <laughs> like, it's like I, oh, I had no idea, funny. you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, so it was really, really all about that in-person, personal, like, grab coffee, like, talk through what they do, what I'm looking for, you know, that sort of thing was, was really instrumental, I think, really key. Yeah, and and not wasting time with, you know, LinkedIn easy applies or things like that. <laughs> Yeah, because it is an easy apply, what that means is that hundreds or thousands of new developers are going to apply for that role. I know here at my company, we had an opening available for just a few hours and we had over 700 applicants. Hmm. We had to shut it down after just a few hours, right? Hmm. So the way to get around that is through the the, the personal network. So I'm curious about what that outreach mm-hmm. looked like. You said you were talking to even non-developers. You were just telling mm-hmm. everybody that you're trying to get included. Yeah. How do you reach out to somebody who maybe you haven't talked to in a while, who's not a developer, and then kind of rebuild that relationship? Like, what what did that look like? Yeah, I think it was more more organic than that. Of just you know because I had been in music for so long a lot of people in my you know community and life wanted to know more about why was i changing careers and through through that kind of you know conversations would bubble up about like oh well wait i know somebody so it was it was more just the process of like actually talking to everybody that i knew and telling them what i was doing where a lot of those sort of organically happened. Yeah, so I like how you leverage your existing network. A lot of people, when they hear the term networking, get afraid because it means, hey, I'm going to have to talk to a lot of strangers. And in many ways mm-hmm. it is, but it also in many ways it's not. It's just being yeah. open about your professional life journey with the people that are already closest to you. So talking about you, your current job, you said the first interview was something that was set up through the career services branch of your current boot camp. What did that interview process look like? Yeah. So that was an initial interview with the recruiter hired by Mindset. And then through that had subsequent follow-up interviews. So I had an additional Zoom interview after that with the more senior members of the team here. And then it was kind of a, a half day of in-person interviews with the members of the development team, as well as the, uh, the COO. And it was, it, it was not too bad because Mindset is an SAP consulting firm. They were hiring junior developers, not really expecting them to know a lot about SAP because it's a little bit more of a, of a niche world. So there wasn't as much of like a technical interview mm-hmm. as I've heard from, from, from my friends that they, they've experienced. One of the nice things about, about working in mindset was they actually put me through another like three to four months of training once I was hired to learn the SAP world a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, so the big, the big thing for me during that time was having a project that I could show and demonstrate the work that I had done and, and that I knew how it worked front to back, front end and back end, you know, that was a full stack application. So, and a full stack bootcamp that I went through. So, so for me, I think that was, that was really kind of the important thing that they were looking for was, was not necessarily do, can I, you know, write a good recursive algorithm, but more do I understand 
the whole process of how this application works, you know, from front to back and can explain it, you know, in some detail how it all works together and think, you know, logically about how, how it's all supposed to connect. Yeah. Let's talk about software consulting for a little bit, because I feel like that is the hidden gem for junior developer openings. That's where Mm. I started my career. And I feel like most new developers just try to go straight to an in-house software Mm -hmm. engineering role. But Mm -hmm. really, consultancies, at least in the technology space, are financially motivated to hire junior developers. Mm. They'll hire juniors because they will pay you a junior salary, but they will bill a senior rate. And that's where Mm. they make most of their margin. And they tend to prefer people that are more have a strong consultant demeanor or more logically minded as opposed to a specialist in any particular language. Cause every mm, project mm-hmm. they're going to be on is going to be different. Right. Or if there is a specialty niche like SAP, they have a whole training program and series built around it because that's what their whole company is about. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. I think, you know, there's, there's elements of it that can be a little stressful. Like you said, like each project is, you know, not necessarily yeah. in the same language or framework, but I think the, the flip side of that has been for me anyways, a real like understanding and kind of mentorship approach to, to bringing me on board where they're like, we know, we know you don't know this SAP language. That's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're we're going to, we're going to teach it to you so that then, you know, you're an asset to us. And so that sort of like investment into me has been, been really fantastic. So uh, I agree. I think, I think consulting opportunities are, are really fantastic. Especially if you don't necessarily know what you're passionate about. Do I like front end more? Mm-hmm. Or do I like back end more? Do maybe I want to do mobile, maybe data science. For mm-hmm. me, in my first few years in consulting, I did mobile apps. I did front end web. I did back end web. I did AR, VR. There was an IoT project. Broad exposure. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up either. But after a few years of getting that broad exposure, I was able to understand what type of code base I wanted to work with, what type of project I wanted to be on, what size of company, what industry. Um, So that broad exposure kind of helps you define what your next career path might look like. Yeah. Yeah. We, we like to talk a lot of mindset. I know it's a more general concept, but, but the idea of, of being a T-shaped developer, essentially yeah. like knowing a little bit about a lot of things and then finding that one thing that you can dive deep in and, and become a real expert at. So absolutely, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So then now that you are a gainfully employed developer, looking back, is there anything you wish you had studied more of or practiced more of that would have helped you be more effective in the day-to-day that you have now? Yeah, I think the two that I the two things that I've kind of been had to kind of re-brush up on since since being employed was, was just really knowing my array methods in JavaScript because that ends up being a thing that's used all the time. Uh, and so really understanding that super well, I had a good, good idea, you know, concept of it, but actually 
you know, knowing a long, a much longer list of what those methods, mm-hmm. that would have been a big one. And then I think just understanding a little bit more about data structures of how data structures are passed and potentially changed, you know, when it comes between like passing between front end and back end and, and, and really defining your data structures and understanding how they're, they're moving across your application. Those, those are kind of the two that I'm like, oh, I, I need to do a little homework here. <laughs> Is there anything that you're doing for that? Just practicing on side projects or any resources you have for that have helped you get better at that? Just building stuff, honestly, is I think for me anyway, is the best way of, of learning it. Cause I can read it through documentation or watch a tutorial, but until I actually do it myself, it doesn't stick quite as well. So, Absolutely. so I would say just, just build as many things as possible. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times, even after being a full-time employed uh, software engineer that I have taken things that I've learned from my side projects and brought them in to help me be more effective at work. So mm-hmm. even though, even you have a, a full-time job, it's not the end to your education and you should right. keep learning and iterating. Well, Curtis, thank you so much for the time. I'm really glad that we're able to have you on today. And thank you all that are listening. That's all the time we have. So we will catch you all next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Junior Jobs Podcast. We hope you found today's interview helpful as you navigate your own job search in tech. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to like and subscribe as that helps us reach more developers in need. And don't forget to check the show notes for details on today's sponsor and other job search services that we provide. Thanks for listening and have a great day.